0: a disagreement, two journeys, and a vision.
1: Grab your Bible and let's talk. Welcome to the Bible, Glitter & Glue podcast, where Bible study and thought-provoking conversation lead to creative teaching. Now, here are your hosts, David and Mary Nelson. Welcome to this episode. I'm Mary, and across the table from me is David. Hello. And we are both Bible teachers. I teach children. He teaches adults. And in this podcast, we like to look at a scripture and talk about it, talk about some of the background information, what it means to us, and then think, how can we share these truths with our students? So if you're listening today, welcome.
0: Yeah, We're still having a conversation from a story in the book of Acts. Paul and Barnabas have finished their first mission journey out into the wider world. And it was a success. A success in the sense in all the cities that they visited, they planted communities of people who gave their allegiance to King Jesus to become followers of Jesus. They planted several churches. Now, these churches were small, but they began to grow. That was in chapter 13 and 14 of Acts. There's an interim in chapter 15 because of issues related to relationship between different kinds of people in the church. They debated and thrashed that out. And so we come to the end of chapter 15, and this begins our discussion, our conversation today.
1: Right away, we see Paul and Barnabas, who have been partners in the gospel, who worked together so well in the first trip. Now, as they look out and they think, we need to go back and follow up on some of this work, they begin to have some issues. And I think maybe the best thing to do, David, would be to read the passage and then come back and discuss it, because I think that will help us.
0: Yeah. So, Mary, why don't you start out?
1: Sure. Okay, this first section is about Paul and Barnabas. After some time, Paul said to Barnabas, We preach the message of the Lord in many towns. We should go back to all those towns to visit the believers and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John Mark with them, too. But John Mark had left them at Pamphylia. He did not continue with them in the work, so... Paul did not think it was a good idea to take him. Paul and Barnabas had a serious argument about this. They separated and went different ways. Barnabas sailed to Cyprus and took Mark with him. But Paul chose Silas and left. The believers in Antioch put Paul into the Lord's care, and he went through Syria and Cilicia, giving strength to the churches.
0: Paul came to Derbe in Lystra. A follower named Timothy was there. Timothy's mother was Jewish and a believer. His father was a Greek. The brothers in Lystra and Iconium respected Timothy and said good things about him. Paul wanted Timothy to travel with him. But all the Jews living in that area knew that Timothy's father was Greek. So Paul circumcised Timothy to please the Jews Paul and the men with him traveled from town to town. They gave the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches became stronger in the faith and grew larger every day.
1: Paul and the men with him went through the areas of Phrygia and Galatia. The Holy Spirit did not let them preach the good news in Asia. When they came near the country of Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not let them. So they passed by Mysia and went to Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. In the vision, a man from Macedonia came to him. The man stood there and begged, come over to Macedonia, help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we immediately prepared to leave for Macedonia. We understood that God had called us to tell the good news to those people.
0: So we just read Acts 15:36 through chapter 16 verse 10. Now it's not a very long story today, but if you follow along in our conversation in the text of scripture, There's a lot that's going on.
1: There are a lot of events, David, but there's a lot of geography, too. There's a lot. A lot of those names are not familiar to us, and we almost have to start looking at some maps to see these places, but it all started in Antioch. This story today, just as the first missionary journey that we read about in Acts starts in Antioch, this one also starts in Antioch, in that good church in Antioch.
0: Yeah, this is the beginning of what we call the second mission journey, the second missionary journey. Paul said to Barnabas, hey, let's go and visit all those places where there are believers and see how they're doing.
1: Isn't that great, (laughs) David? We were talking earlier about when someone first becomes a Christian, there are so many new things, new ways of living, and lots of pitfalls, lots of ways to slide back into that old life. This is great that Paul is wanting to go back and visit them and strengthen them. I think that's so practical and so good and so missionary-like. It's not just about baptizing people. And getting new converts in Numbers, it's also about those people remaining faithful to God.
0: And that's a very good point. Oftentimes we get hyped up about baptizing people and new Christians. But another big part of that is strengthening these people, encouraging these people so they can remain followers.
1: And that does go directly back to what Jesus told his followers. Go and baptize people. And then it says, and teach them to obey. So it's all wrapped up together
0: this is a follow-up journey in Paul's mind. He's wanting to follow up on his previous trip. He does want to strengthen these churches. And so it was a great idea. And Barnabas said, yeah, great idea. Hey, let's take Mark along with us. Well, before the journey began, it almost ended with the mention of John Mark that Barnabas wanted to bring along because he was with them on their first journey. Paul said, no way. He would have none of it.
1: The passage we just read didn't cover what had happened before. That goes back to Acts 13. And what is not talked about a lot in Acts 13, just that John Mark left, it seems to have been something that stuck with Paul as a negative thing. He evidently did not think John Mark should have left. And whatever it was, Paul was unwilling to work with John Mark.
0: Yes, at this stage, Paul did not want to give John Mark a second chance. And we don't know what's going on in Paul's mind or anything like that. We just know they could not come to an agreement over John Mark. Does he come or does he not come with us?
1: And these are two good men. Paul is an apostle taking the gospel to the Gentile world. And here, Barnabas, we know he's an encourager. We already know he is a good man. What a great example, David. Even good people, strong people, they just disagree on something I guess the thing that could have happened is everything could have come to a halt. And they both just crossed their arms and said, forget about it. I'm not doing this. But that's not what happened. No,
0: They could not come to an agreement over John Mark. So what they decided to do is that Barnabas was going to take John Mark, and they were going to go on their own journey, mission journey, to Cyprus. And Paul chose another leader in the church, Silas, to join him On this trip of visiting these churches, they established on their first journey.
1: And I think that's just wonderful because, like I said, this could have ended badly. But I think the maturity of these people meant that what was a good journey turned into two good journeys. Barnabas doing good, Paul doing good, because they were both committed to spreading the gospel.
0: Yes, in the end, it was a win-win situation.
1: It was. I'm sure it was uncomfortable, just as any of us, if we have a disagreement, it can get very uncomfortable, but never forgetting what we're all about. We're not enemies. We're in this together.
0: Right. So Paul takes Silas. Who is Silas? He was originally from Jerusalem, one of the leaders of the church in Jerusalem. He's introduced earlier in chapter 15, and he was one of the men that were delivered this letter from the church in Jerusalem to the church in Antioch. He was in Antioch now, and then Paul recognized his value, his maturity. He asked Silas to come with him on this trip, and Silas does. So now it's the journey of Paul and Silas.
1: In this journey, Paul goes on foot, walking or possibly riding somehow, transport, but not Um, by sea. It's all by land in this story today.
0: Yeah, the last verse of chapter 15, it says, He went through Syria and Cilicia giving strength to the churches there's no boats in this journey right now boats do come later on but not right now he leaves antioch he goes north through syria and then he turns west to go through the province of cilicia now cilicia is a roman province and the capital of cilicia is tarsus that's where paul is from now we're not told but i wondered: do they stop there do they spend any time there Did they visit the church there? Because Paul would have known many people there, but we don't know. They just passed through it, continuing on west overland till they reach Derby and Lystra. And Derby and Lystra were the last two cities that they established churches in on the first journey. And now they're the first churches they're visiting on the second journey.
1: As Paul and Silas go back through and meet with these churches— I'm sure Paul had a lot of memories. When he first went to some of these places, he preached, but got a really violent response. He made a lot of people angry. (laughs) Even though he converted people, there were a lot of angry people as well. In Lystra, he was actually stoned. They were so angry, but Paul persevered, and even on that first journey, he helped establish these churches, establish leadership so that they would continue to grow. And now as he comes back, he finds they have grown, and, and they're stronger.
0: We begin chapter 16, and Paul does come to Derby and Lystra. Then he meets someone there, a young believer, Timothy. And we're told that Timothy's mother was Jewish, but his father was a Greek, so he was from a mixed family, which would have its own challenges. And this Timothy is well spoken of. So he's matured enough in the faith, and he has some abilities that were noticed that even all the way to Iconium, people respected Timothy and said good things about him. And Paul says, I need someone like Timothy. And so he wanted Timothy to travel with him.
1: Of all people, this young Timothy would have understood the current tensions between Jewish believers and Gentile believers. He, like you said, came from a mixed family. And other places will learn that his mother and even his grandmother were Jewish. So he would have understood the Jewish perspective. But then his father was a Greek. So he would have understood what it meant to not have that Jewish faith, but to live apart from that. So here's this young man, a faithful, strong Christian who understood both sides of this. And what a great thing to connect with Paul. But they did run into a problem right away. How do you get all of these Jewish people to not have any doubts, but be able to listen to Timothy and what he had to say?
0: Timothy was not circumcised. And from a Jewish point of view, he would really be considered an apostate. So that was a big hindrance to Paul in his mission journey.
1: And did he have to be circumcised to follow Jesus? No.
0: Well, no, he was already a follower of Jesus.
1: He was. So it wasn't a requirement that he do this, but wow, you got to give it to Timothy that Timothy was circumcised just so he could further the gospel.
0: Yeah. And Paul writes in one of his letters about becoming all things to all men. And this is an example of that happening.
1: It puts things into perspective, David. Some of the things that we might get upset about and say, well, I don't have to do that. Somebody says we need to wear a dress to something. It's like, I don't have to do that. Christians don't have to do that. But sometimes you just say, "Okay, I'll do it for the sake of people getting closer to God. Sometimes you just do things that aren't required, but you know they will help the cause. And Timothy, bless his heart he He did a lot to further the cause, oh, he
0: did. you know we just have to remember that there's some things more important than us, our agenda, our perspective. Timothy was circumcised, and so he joins Paul's group, so now there's Paul and Silas, and we know Timothy, and we don't know who else and It says in verse four that they traveled from town to town, which meant they were just traveling to all those places that Paul visited on his first journey and established churches on his first journey. And it goes on to say they gave the decisions made by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. And that just goes back to this letter that was written by the church in Jerusalem to Gentile churches. And it says in verse 5, and this is important, so the churches became stronger in the faith and grew larger every day. Paul's intention on this journey was to strengthen the churches, and that's what was happening. They were being strengthened. They were growing.
1: I'm imagining Paul and Silas and Timothy sitting at a table. I'm just imagining this, sitting at a table, just mapping out where they're going to go next. They have a plan. They're going to set out on this journey to go to these new places. And I guess the logical thing, they probably went on the Roman road because the Roman road took you into all these different provinces. I'm sure they set out with this great plan. Again, just like the plan at the beginning, right away, Paul realized this is not going to work. But this time, it's directly from the Spirit that he gets this realization.
0: Yeah, Paul's intention was to go west. It says in verse 6, the Spirit did not let them preach the good news in Asia. And that reference to Asia suggests that they were going all the way the Ephesus, because that's where the Roman road would have taken them. That made sense. And so they turned north. And then in verse 7, when they came near the country of Mycenae, and that's just north of there, they tried to go into Bithynia, which is a little bit east. But the Spirit of Jesus did not let them. And so they couldn't go west. They couldn't go north. Maybe Paul was scratching his head. Where do I go? Well, there's only one way left, and that was northwest. So they passed by Mysia And they came to Troas.
1: It's worth noting, David, that the Spirit is guiding them on this journey. It's not just about Paul's plan. It wasn't about when they sat down at the table and mapped out where they were going. Now they're being directly led by the Spirit. And I thought it was really interesting to note how the Spirit doesn't just give a yes every time. Sometimes it's a no, Sometimes I think we might be a little too light on our talk about the Spirit, and we want to do something, we see something as a good thing to do. We just have to be careful not to just say, well, the Spirit led me to do it. Because sometimes the Spirit might lead in a certain direction, but the Spirit is not just a stamp of approval on something we decide. And this verse really talks about the no's. Sometimes there's a no like something we think is a good idea. It just seems logical. It seems like it would be fruitful and good. Everybody's in agreement, but it's a no, because God has a plan. The Spirit is guiding them where to go, where to not go.
0: Well, Mary, that is something to think about. They're in Troas now, because that's where the Spirit has led them.
1: And David, I have to say, we did not have that kind of guidance A number of years ago, when we were trying to find Troas, I'll just share with our listeners, we got to go to Turkey a number of years ago, and we were with friends, we had a rental car, and we wanted to find Troas, where Troas used to be. And I don't know, I guess we should have had a guide, because we could not find Troas.
0: We found a couple of signs that said Troas this way, but no, no. (laughs) Right. We didn't.
1: No, we did not. But that's a side note. I still remember it. I always wanted to see Troas.
0: Troas is hard to find today, but back then it was easy to find because it was a significant city with a population of around 100,000. It was a chief port in northwestern Asia Minor, which connected shipping from Asia Minor with Greece. It was a very prosperous city because of that. And about 100 years before Paul, Julius Caesar wanted to make Troas the capital of the Roman Empire. And then about 300 years after Paul, the Roman Emperor Constantine wanted to make Troas the capital of the Roman Empire. So it was large enough to be considered to even become the capital of the huge Roman Empire. But this is where they end up.
1: Troas is on the coast on the eastern side of the Aegean Sea at this point, and then across the way... On the western side is Macedonia, and that really is an important thing to remember when Paul has a vision.
0: Right. It seems like soon after they arrived at Troas, we read in verse 9, that night Paul had a vision. In this vision, a man from Macedonia came to him. And this vision of a man must have looked like a Macedonian, must have been dressed like a Macedonian. But he's just saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. So Paul wakes from his vision, and he tells the vision to his companions, and they all agree, this is God telling us to go over to Macedonia. So it wasn't in their original plan to do this. But this is God making his will and his plan known to Paul and his companions to go to Macedonia. And Macedonia is just across the Aegean Sea. But there's something more important happening here because the gospel now has already been crossing barrier after barrier after barrier. Now it's going to cross another huge barrier. It's going to go from the east to the west. It's going to go into Europe. And so that's another huge barrier that the gospel will cross.
1: So when we say Macedonia, we want to picture uh, north of Greece, parts of Macedonia are actually in Greece, and then there's the country of North Macedonia today. These borders and names have changed over time. But now, like you said, it's Europe. We're getting onto that other side. And there are many other adventures that we're going to be talking about as Paul and Timothy and Silas go over into Europe. But David, as I'm looking through this passage, there's an interesting. Ending to this section, the writer of the book of Acts, which we know is Luke, he's not just recording what's happening, he inserts himself into the story, doesn't he?
0: Right, if we notice in verse 10, just look at the language that's used. After Paul had seen the vision, we immediately prepared. That's first person. Luke, who is the writer of the book of Acts, is there. So somewhere along the way, he joined Paul. It could be in Troas could be before he got the Troas, but now Luke is a part of this journey.
1: And I think that just really reminds us to read the Bible, not just once and not just skim, but many times, because it's the subtle things like that that bring some new meaning and reveal things that we might not see at first readings. You pointed this out to me earlier, and, and I'm glad because now I understand it's not just Paul and Silas, and Timothy, it's also Luke, on this journey.
0: Right. And then there's also the leader of this journey, the Spirit.
1: Oh, of course. You know,
0: the clear message for me in this story is that the Spirit is the one who is guiding all of this. The Spirit is the one who is leading. It's not Paul. It's not any of the other companions. They may have ideas. They may have plans. And and God does work with that. But in the end, it's God who's leading this because God is moving The good news about King Jesus out from Jerusalem into the wider world so that all can hear about Jesus.
1: That's so important. And I know when I teach this lesson to children, I really want to talk about missionaries, people that do take that message out. You can teach people in your hometown, in your school. But I want children to know about people that actually take the gospel further. They may take the truth of God into a place they'd never been before. People that speak a different language, have a different culture. But missionaries are always trying to discern where the Spirit is leading. They want to follow God's plan and follow His message and take the gospel further afield, always thinking, more, more, more. And that's what Paul did in the story and these others. So I, I want children to understand what missionaries are. And David, in my classes, often I will think about what missionaries our church might be involved with, maybe sending financial support or just involved in their works. Sometimes that means Having guest speakers, people that are involved in the missions group, and showing pictures of our missionaries. Some of the missionaries that our church support have children, the age of the children in my class, so we talk about that. We can send cards or letters. I just want them to really understand what missionaries are doing and appreciate them. So that's one thing I would do in a children's class. If I'm doing a craft, well, Anything to do with maps, showing different places, or even pictures of different cultural practices, things like that, all of those will help children think outside of just where they are right now, but trying to increase borders of the kingdom of God. There's a song. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And if you haven't seen the show notes, that's where we put extra information, an outline of the story, sometimes some links. It's worth looking at if you're going to be teaching. I'm going to put a link to a song. I'll embarrass you, David, because it's one that you sing on Mission Bible Class on the website, uh, I Can Be a Missionary, and it's just one, a simple song, simple tune, one that your mom taught you when you were younger about being a missionary, so be sure to look for that link. But those are the, some of the things I would do in a children's class. What about in the adult class?
0: Well, Mary, you referred to a map. I think you have a good map on your website of Paul's second journey. It's always good to consult a map just to put things in context, especially even though the story is not that many verses, but begins in Antioch of Syria, and it ends up in Troas here, and that is a huge distance that was traveled. So it really does help to put Paul's travels in perspective. There's another map that you might want to look at. It's viz.biblemaps, and I'll put a link in the show note. Now, this is copyrighted material, so you need to check the copyright information about how you can use this information. So be sure to look in the more info section to know how to do that. It's a generous copyright, so if you follow the instructions given on the rules, you'll be able to use it. But it's a really good map, and it's a little more interactive. I recommend looking at that. And of course, you can guide the class into some questions. You might want to explore the dynamics between Barnabas and Paul at the beginning when they wanted to begin this journey. And with both of them not budging over the view of John Mark, whether he should go or not go. So who was right and who was wrong and why? And why do you think Paul was so adamant against Mark joining them on this journey? Well, reflect on that and talk about that, because that can help us understand dynamics and relationships, especially missionaries. Missionaries, have, they have relationships they have to negotiate, too. So what is helpful to us as we read and reflect on this incident and its results. And as a follow-up, you can talk about what did we learn about missionaries from this story? What did they do? What does this story tell us about how missionaries should go about their task of mission work? And there are several things that this story suggests in that. So that would be a good discussion, I believe. So those are just a few things that you can bring into an adult classroom.
1: David, sometimes I look on Buzzsprout at the statistics of this podcast of Bible glitter and glue, and I look and see where people are when they're listening to it, and people are listening from all over the world. It always amazes me, but that tells me that you as a listener might be in a different place than me, very far from me, but I love it that you are studying the Word of God and that you are sharing the Word of God with others, whether that's children or adults, and that's mission. It's furthering the border of the kingdom of God. And I commend you for doing that.
0: And may God bless you as you speak into the lives of adults and children.
1: Thank you for listening to the Bible Glitter and Glue podcast. Subscribe now to listen to new weekly episodes and visit missionbibleclass.org for more free
0: resources to help you share God's Word with children.